are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, it's part two of the crossover division series. And this time, I'm in the hot seat answering questions about the D-backs that Ben Kaspik has for me. We're talking Mass and Bumgarner. We're talking about the offseason. We're talking about Mass and Bumgarner, how I feel about the team. We give our NLS prediction. So it's a lot of jam-packed stuff in this podcast. But as always... I want to tell you guys to go to rockauto.com because they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, let's get into that conversation between Locked On Giants host Ben and I. I think you know what's coming as soon as this first question. So here it comes. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So Madison Bumgarner, right? He signs last offseason in a big surprise a five-year, $85 million contract with the Diamondbacks. So a lot of Giants fans were not happy about this. He goes to another team in the division. They're wondering, how could the Giants let him go? And by many accounts, it was a, a solid deal for the Diamondbacks. Then he comes out and ends up with a 6.48 ERA in nine starts and just was a home run allowing machine. Yeah. So I just have to get, I didn't, I didn't, you know, watch all of his starts. I just kind of look, looked at the box scores and thought, oh, my goodness, what the heck is going on? So just on the topic of Madison Bumgarner in general, if you could just talk about, you know, what was your reaction when they signed him? What were your expectations? What happened? And then what are your ex- expectations coming into 2021? Yeah, watching all his starts, I saw them basically with one eye open because they were pretty tough to watch, honestly. At the time, you know, there were a little rumors that the D-backs were interested in Madison Bumgarner, but there was a lot of talks that Bumgarner won that fifth year and the D-backs weren't going to commit to that fifth year. But five years, $85 million, it was enough of a bargain, at least from the D-backs' perspective, that they didn't mind giving him that fifth year. And I thought it was a pretty good tron- uh, contract as well. $15 million a year for a guy who was the number one ace for, you know, three World Series teams. Uh, this guy's been a stud on the big stage. And the D-backs were a team, you know, in 2018, 2019, that finished above 500. were pretty close to the playoffs, but were just missing a couple pieces. And they thought Madison Bumgarner was going to be that guy to put them over the edge. And he just flat out wasn't. He just wasn't good in 2020. His fastball velocity just 
fell off the table, averaged around 88 miles per hour on average. It was just, you know, left over the middle of the plate. And that's why hitters were able just to tee off on him. Like you said, uh, before he had his injury, he was, you know, among top five in the national league, I believe in home runs allowed. He was just absolutely getting crushed. It looked like a change up to most hitters because it just wasn't moving enough over the, over the plate. So it was just sitting fat in the middle of the plate a lot of times and batters were just teeing off. So, for 2021, I don't really know what to expect from Madison Bumgarner. As I said before, he's not that old. He's only one year older than your guy, Kevin Gosman. He's 31 years old. But in terms of baseball age, he's old. He's got a lot of mileage on that arm. He broke in to baseball at 19 years old, which you probably know being the Lockdown Giants guy. So he's got a lot of wear and tear on that arm. And I'm not too sure if he can necessarily turn back the clock to what he was before, but I think he can reinvent himself. He just has to be a more command location pitcher, be more of a Zach Granke-esque guy. You can't be the dude who's throwing 95 anymore because he can't throw 95 anymore. If he could get a fastball to hit 91 miles an hour, that's basically a season high for him nowadays. So for Madison Bumgarner, he just kind of has to reinvent himself as a pitcher, be more location, be more finesse. And he just really has to, you know, pick his spots in the strike zone because if he, you know, if he throws one of those fastballs that's only 85 miles an hour and leaves it over the middle of the plate, batters are just going to tee off. So for 2021, I think Bumgarner has to be more of a more of a number three starter than a number one starter, or maybe even a number two starter, because he, he does not have the upside anymore of a number one starter. I'm just praying he's good enough to be a number three starter at this point of his career. Wow. So the expectations have really fallen and it's only year two. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be, that's gotta be difficult. So I'm sure he was a lot to do with, with this next question, which is that the Diamondbacks entered 2020, I would say with pretty high expectations. I, I also thought he was a really nice fit on a team that seemed kind of on the cusp of, of making that, taking that next step and getting into the playoffs and trying to actually win some playoff series. So my question is like the Diamondbacks entered 2020 with high expectations, started off okay. And then completely fell apart. It seemed Mm -hmm. so besides Bumgarner or even including Bumgarner, what, what is it that went wrong in 2020 and then has that impacted your expectations for this year are they still that team that is uh competitive and and should be better than people think or are they now just not a good team at this point yeah i think it's still okay to have expectations because like what you hear a lot of people say it was the covid year it was 60 games and it's a small sample size if we look at 2019 if we cut it after the first 60 games i don't think the world series nationals are even in the playoffs so it, it's a small sample size and we still got to remember that and the thing with the d-backs last year heading into 2020 heading into the 2020 season there was a lot of dudes that basically had breakout seasons in 2019 eduardo Escobar had a career year ketel Marte had a career year luke weaver had the best year of his career there were just so many dudes that had career years and then in 2020 it was basically the reverse of that Eduardo Escobar fell off a cliff Ketel Marte lost his power Luke Weaver looked like a shell of himself he looked like the minor league version of Luke Weaver so a lot of dudes who were you know amazing in 2019 basically fell off the table in 2020 so we're hoping for some regression to the mean 2021. We're not saying they have to be their 2019 level, but they can't be their 2020 version of themselves either. So if we could get some regression to the mean there, I think that would 
be a big boost for the D-backs team because they have the talent, I think, to compete. Like you said, entering 2020, I was riding this team to the playoffs, honestly. I thought, I didn't think they were going to win the division, but I penciled them in for at least a wild card spot. I thought that was reasonable expectation. So right now, I'm keeping my expectations low heading into the 2021 season. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm not saying they are either. I'm just kind of even kill with this team, probably more pessimistic than optimistic, but they could get a bounce back season from a Luke Weaver. I definitely believe a bounce back season is in store for Ketel Marte. We'll see with Eduardo Escobar. The thing is, a lot of these dudes aren't that old. All of them are in, you know, 33 or younger. Everyone's on this team is pretty much in that age range of 27 to 33. So a lot of these dudes should be in the prime of their career and they should be ready to take off i'm hoping 2020 with just a small sample size but i guess we'll see in 2021 honestly and just real quick about madison bumgarner you were saying i'm already disappointed with his year two that contract is more backloaded than front-loaded so he's going to be making over 20 million dollars over the next couple of years so that won't be too happy uh you know the way i view madison Bum, uh the way i view madison bumgarner over the next couple of years if he's struggling on the mound he's getting paid 23 million dollars i'm gonna be pretty disappointed if he can uh turn back the clock a little bit at least have a year array in the low fours I think that should be at least expected of a guy with that kind of pedigree honestly Ben and I will be right back and we'll get into some Zach Gallon talk but first I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain store front RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the D-backs or baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation between Ben Kaspik and I. Yeah, it's crazy how pitcher uh, trajectories can kind of change really, really fast. Um, it happened with Matt Kane. It's happened to the Giants a number of times, which is actually <laughs> why on my podcast, I was certainly cautioning about the how smart it would be to sign Madison Bumgarner to a long, long-term deal because of all that mileage on his arm. So I think that's a great point. 
He yeah, may let be me young, ask, but he's thrown a lot of innings. Yeah, let me ask you real quick. Did you see a decline in Madison Bumgarner uh, his last couple of years with the Giants? Like, did you were you hesitant to to re-sign him to that long-term contract? Absolutely, I was. Um, velocity was trending in the wrong direction. Home run rate was trending in the wrong direction. Had some games where he just got hit hard. His a couple of years before the 2019 year. We're really starting to show that decline. And then in 2019, he came back and rebounded quite a bit. So I think there was more optimism generally than there had been the last couple of years. Not that he was bad, but just that he wasn't the same mm-hmm. as he was when he was at his best. And so the Giants have been burned by some contracts. Like I said, Matt Cain signed like a $126 million deal. He was bad the entire time. And Barry Zito is another example with the Giants. He was bad the entire time that he was with the Giants. So there were definitely red flags with, with Bumgarner. I was, I said on my show, I think Kevin Gosman is going to outpitch Madison Bumgarner. That was like a hot take, Dang. but now it's not, it's not a hot take at all. It's like, yeah, that seems obvious, right? That in 2021, that that's going to be the case. Yeah. If Kevin Gosman was in this rotation, I think this team is a, a lock for maybe the wild card. Honestly, if he was the number two right. starter behind Zach Allen. Yeah, so actually that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you about Zach Gowan. You know, that is a total bright spot on this team. Had a 2.75 ERA in mm-hmm. 2020, came over in a trade, ended up on the year with a 2.81 ERA the year prior. This guy is just really impressive every time I see him pitch. The command is phenomenal. I know you'll you'll talk about that. So I don't want to say too much. Just what can you say about Zach Gowan? The trade reminds me of what we were talking about with Mike Yastrzemski. I don't think it was that major of a trade or was it? I don't remember. But anyway, what can you say about Zach Gallen, who's become a really good pitcher? Yeah, they traded Zach Gallen for Jazz, uh, Jazz Chisholm from their farm system, who was, you know, a pretty high level prospect, but they wanted more pitching depth and they felt like they could get rid of Jazz Chisholm with Nick Ahmed already manning shortstop. It was kind of a log jam, uh, log jam for him. So they figured why not go in on a young guy who was performing pretty well with the Miami Marlins and it's turned out to be a godsend. This guy, I can't underrate it. I, I can't understate it. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball since coming over to the D-backs. He has uh, he set the major league record for a consecutive start to begin your career, allowing three earned runs or fewer with, I think, 23 consecutive starts. So this guy's been a beast. He's been a strikeout artist. He he commands the ball beautifully. He he goes out there, and you like I said, you know what he's going to give you. Three earned runs or fewer every single start, basically. He had a couple starts this year toward the end we gave up like four earned runs but one of them he had like two dudes on base and the relief pitcher came in and gave up like a home run or something like that so it wasn't even like entirely on Zach Allen so he has like one star in his career where you could you know point to him and say you literally gave up the four earned runs today but uh, you know in his other 25 starts this guy's been amazing for the D-backs it was an absolutely fleece of the Miami Marlins and I don't know where this team would be without Zach Allen if Madison Baumgartner and Luke Weaver were the two frontline starters for the D-backs I I would be way more pessimistic than I already am about the D-backs so at least with Zach Allen I think the question is 
Can we see it over a full season? Uh, 2019, it wasn't that many starts. It was only uh, like 15 starts or less that he had in 2019. And of course, the short sample size in 2020. So we want to make sure he can be this Cy Young caliber pitcher over the course of 162 game season. But he's going to be on an innings limit in 2021. Toy Lavello, Zach Allen talked about it. You don't want to just go from 70 innings to 200 innings in just a year. So he's probably going to be around 150 innings next season. But when this guy's on the mound, the D-backs are going to be in the game. They're going to be, you know, whether the offense is hitting or not, it's going to be a competitive game and a close game because, you know, Zach Allen is not going to give up more than three earned runs when he's on the mound. Absolutely. And it's always a lot of fun watching him pitch because of the the beautiful command. I'm always just really impressed watching him pitch. But switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about the D-backs offseason this year, mm-hmm. looking at their major league signings. It looks like there were only three <laughs> yeah. with Tyler Clippard, Joaquim Soria, and Asdrubal Cabrera, each signing deals uh, less than or equal to $3.5 million. So a quiet off season for the D-backs coming off a really disappointing year. What can you say about that? Were they just one of these teams that didn't seem to want to spend money after the pandemic uh, ravaged a lot of teams financially? Uh, and what is it like? Uh, how frustrating is it when they're a pretty talented team? Like you said, they have a lot of players who could come back and have strong years, but it doesn't look like they did a whole lot to get better in the offseason. Yeah, it's a little frustrating because I, I love the offseason. Honestly, I love free agency. I love to see people get signed. And I wish the D-backs made a couple more big splashes, but they're one of those teams that are going to blame the pandemic and say they don't have enough money to go out and sign players. And maybe... Signing Madison Bumgarner also kind of scared them away a little bit. They made a big splash last offseason and it burned them. Now they're going to pay that guy over $20 million over the next couple of years. And we're not sure how good he's going to be if he's even a, a rotation caliber pitcher at this point, not at least a frontline rotation caliber pitcher at this point of his career. So I think the D-backs were definitely a little hesitant in the offseason and they definitely didn't want to spend money. It was a combination of both, but at least the dudes they did sign were quality major leaguers. Adrubal Cabrera, he's going to be a super utility guy basically for the D-backs. Ketel Marte is going to be playing a lot of center field this year. So you're going to see Cabrera playing second, short, third. He's probably going to be playing all over the infield. He could basically play any spot in the infield. And then the D-backs, you know, needed back-end bullpen help. Joaquin Soria looks to be in line to be the closer for the D-backs in 2021. And Tyler Clippard is going to be, he's been a great closer as well in his career. If Soria struggles and if not, then Clipper could be a pretty good back-end reliever for the D-backs. So either way, they got two good back-end relievers. They got a good super utility guy, and they're basically banking on, hey, 2020 was a short sample size. We saw what these dudes did in 2019 over the course of a full season. A lot of these dudes had, you know, really good years, all-star caliber years, and we think the 2019 version is closer to their real self than what we saw in 2020. Ben and I will be right back and we'll give our predictions on the NL West. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, salted caramel versus cookie dough chunk. And this one is a no-brainer for me. Cookie dough chunk, my goodness, that thing is delicious. Now, if you want to go vote for your favorite Built Bar, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up that conversation with Ben Kaspik. All right, Ben, I've talked enough about the D-backs, but I want to know, what's your take on the division? We've seen what the Padres have done this offseason. They've added some major pieces to their rotation. Uh, Musgrove, Darvish, Blake Snell. Is it enough to overtake the Dodgers? Of course, we won't know till it you know all plays out. But on paper, just on paper, the paper championship, who are you taking? the Dodgers or the Padres? I'll probably be boring and say that I still think the Dodgers have the edge, but it's close. It's closer than it's been at any point in the last five, six, seven, maybe even eight years. Uh, The Dodgers have obviously been the kings of this division for a long time. I think we're all pretty sick of it, uh, except Jeff Snyder and (laughs) Locked on Dodgers. But uh, on paper, it's close. I honestly think, you know, the the Padres are probably within a few wins on paper, but, you know, one series where the Padres sweep and that might actually change. Like if the Padres jump out to a division lead, they may just hold on to it the rest of the way. So when it's close like that, you really can't, you know, in baseball, you never know, like it could just kind of go one way or the other. And so it's exciting. I I hope the Padres win the division if one of the two has to do it and uh, hope the Dodgers have to try to survive in that one game wild card. What do you think? Uh, do you think the Padres are good enough to win the division? Yeah, I think the Padres are definitely good enough to win the division. Like you said, I'll probably still lean Dodgers because I, I think their rotation is still so stacked. Then you added Trevor Bauer. We'll see what he can do because he only has really two great seasons under his belt and a couple of few mediocre seasons as well. So he's just such an enigma, honestly, as a pitcher. But still, when David Price is your fourth starter, Urias is your fifth, and then you have Gonsolin and Dustin May, don't even crack your rotation. Those guys would be like the number three starter in the D-backs rotation. So their rotation is deep. They got seven dudes they could throw out at you. But if you told me at the end of the year, the Padres were the best team in the NL West, I wouldn't be shocked at all because the Padres, they go 
five deep too. Because Denelson Lament, he was a Cy Young caliber pitcher last year. He's going to be their number three starter. Musgrove, your number four. Then I think they still have Chris Paddock. This is their number five. So both teams are nasty, honestly. They're both their teams. The lineups are pretty nasty. Uh, Machado, Tatis, you know, that's a nasty duo. Bellinger, Betts is a nasty duo. But I'll probably lean Dodgers a little bit more. I'm a big Mookie Betts guy. I think he's the best player in baseball, which is a pretty hot take because I know you know, Mike Trout's the consensus guy, but I'm going to lean Dodgers over Padres right now. But considering that, how would you rank the overall division though? One through five, how do you think it's going to play out if you had to guess right now? If I had to guess right now, like I said, I would go Dodgers number one, Padres number two. For me, if I'm saying the Giants are going to go 86 and 76, I have them number three. Mm -hmm. I think the D-backs are in contention. I would not be shocked if the Diamondbacks finished third. I think a lot of people write them off a little bit too much after a short sample of a season. Uh, so I'm going D-backs four, but I think the Giants and the D-backs will compete for that spot. And then I think it's, for me, it's obvious that the Rockies look on paper like the worst team in the division. They they basically have one really good player in their, in their uh, offensive mix in Trevor Story, their rotation is kind of quietly underrated. Mm-hmm. Bullpen is not so great either. I just think the Rockies are in contention with the with the Pirates to me to finish with the worst record wow. in the National League. Would you agree with what I said or any deviations from that? No, I definitely agree. Talking to Ryan Lodick of Lockdown Rockies the other day, I basically told him the same thing. Dodgers, Padres, 1-2, but if it flip-flopped, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year. Then I do think the D-backs and Giants are kind of on the same level. I do think they're both going to be fighting for 3-4. So for the fact that I'm the Lockdown D-backs guy, I'm putting D-backs 3, Giants 4, and then, yeah, Rockies have to be the fifth spot. And who knows? We say Trevor Story is the best player in their offensive mix right now, but... He's on. He, Ryan Latica says he's going to be entering free agency this year. And if that's the case, he's probably going to be traded during the season. Honestly, I don't think they're going to just want to lose out on him for nothing. I mean, we saw them just trade Nolan Arenado and he was locked up and they're still paying part of that money. And they didn't even get a great return back, honestly, for Nolan Arenado. So hopefully they can get a better return in Trevor Story than what they got for Nolan Arenado. But seeing the Rockies direction right now, I don't think I would be too shocked, honestly, if they just let him walk in free agency just because they're the Colorado Rockies. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. And remember, next Wednesday, March 24th, the Locked on MLB podcast begins one of our biggest events of the year, the Locked on MLB division preview series. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around each team. Follow Locked on MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to come back tomorrow because we're going to be hosting our first locker room session. So go follow me, Miller Thomas, on the locker room app. You can come in, ask me questions, ask me whatever you want. It's going to be an open forum. It's going to kind of be like a live podcast. So come in. Let's chat a little bit. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and also don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 from my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Deuces!